Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot. I'm Adam Chabay. I'm Derek Yarbrough. I'm Abe Schmucker. Gang's all here, man. Gang's all here. Yeah, Austin's man. on the road. Very but, nice. Uh, uh, so we're all in four separate places, like normal, so nothing's yep. changed. Well, I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be in multiple different places during this show. Yeah, uh, Austin's on the road today. You're down um, in your old stomping grounds. It sounds like. I am, man. I'm back in uh, back in the south. I'm on I-75 South. Just came through Chattanooga, bound for Atlanta. I kind of like that section through there. That's Chattanooga's kind of rad. Uh, yeah. If if I ever move back to the southeast, I really want to move to either Chattanooga or like Asheville. I, I could Chattanooga. Totally, yeah, totally be there. Chattanooga's nice because it's kind of right in the middle between Atlanta and Knoxville. So I could be in Atlanta doing Atlanta things or be up back at Deals Gap doing mountain things. Man, I want to I be within a half an hour of Deals Gap sometime in my life for a period of years. Like so much. I think about it, every, it man. every single day now. That'll <laughs> never land, happen. Land no, is so happen. cheap up in the mountains right now. I know, man. I, I talked to Matt Williams about it, and he's all like, my parents just got like a really nice yeah. place. It was like 150 I actually, grand. <laughs> so I... It's funny. Speaking of Matt Williams, I was uh, I went into a coffee shop in Maryville, the town that my mom's from and her family lives in, yeah. and Matt lives in as well. Yep. And I pull up and I'm like, "Oh, look, a spec fit." And turns yep. out Matt Matt was there with his parents and his baby. That's uh, rad. Yeah. So I walked in. He was like, "Oh, hey, dude, what are you doing here?" <laughs> just Small like just world, today. Man. Yeah, yeah, just this morning. That's rad. That's right. Yeah. So I got to meet his dad who builds like rad cafe bikes. Cool. So yeah, but they just uh his parents just bought um some land up in the mountains in an area called Top of the World. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I've yeah, got a steal on it. Like you should just do that, man. I know. And like put up a pole barn and like live in the R V for a yeah, year. Yeah, just park the R V there. Yeah. Just start building a house. That sounds so Although, good. It was almost like Chicago weather, like down in the flats like in town today it was right. 18 degrees this morning so up in the mountains it was probably much colder yeah but like it's not like that the whole winter you get a lot of 50 degree days at least oh yeah yeah it's supposed to be back up to like 70 there this weekend yeah that's rad i, yeah. I could be there i could live there someday and it's kind of my yeah, goal is to live there. it's not someday. a bad part of not a bad part of the country man and tennessee no state income tax i know yeah, yeah that beats the 10 percent that we got here or whatever i didn't know that about tennessee that's nice yeah, it's like Tennessee, Florida, and Texas. Yeah, but I think Tennessee like has one that or two monster more. sales tax. Oh, does it? Just don't buy anything in Tennessee. That's what, a good idea. What's the sales tax? <laughs> I think it's uh, the, the last time I was there in like what Nashville. I think it was like ten and a quarter. Yeah, that's high. That's pretty high, but that's like Chicago high. Yeah, well, if you're used to it, it's normal. I'm not used to it at all. I don't have any money left ever. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs> What's uh What's the weather like in Texas and Indianapolis? How How uh, How are the other two you guys? There's looking? There's still snow on the ground here. It's I'm been not, really I'm cold here in Chicago. It. Yeah, we. It's been colder than normal here. Not cold for you guys, but it's just now warming up. It's like 48 or 49 right now, but it froze last night and the night before. Lows in the 20s. Man, I could Jeez. go for 48. We had We had a zero degrees on Monday morning. That was That was pleasant. Yeah, never Never felt that. Yeah, I can't, to, I can't believe you've. I can't believe Derek's never been over, never been under eighteen degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah, eighteen is well, my he's record. Going, so he's far. coming to Mid Ohio soon, so there's a chance. That's nah. true. Mid Ohio, the, the coldest we've ever seen at a grid life is twenty six. So we'll definitely beat that, but I don't think we get eighteen. I hope not. 
Yeah. So I'm trying to pretend that it's not like still winter here in Indianapolis. I bought my ticket for Binge Tokyo at NCM last night. So yeah, Abe's going uh, driving. He actually paid oh, for yeah? the driver's spot, and he's driving. You should have really? seen what? Ashley's face when I told her how much the ticket was. She was like, "I can't believe you spent that much money on a track day. Are you insane?" What are we? What are we talking? <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, well, you're supposed to you're supposed to buy all of them and really binge on them. Well. <laughs> <laughs> There's three. I think he's doing three. Um, <laughs> no, Ashley forgets that in like 2016, we we emptied out all the money we had in this world so that I could go racing. And yeah. uh, at that time, she didn't look at the finances as closely as she does now. So, well, it's a good thing she <laughs> forgot, man. Yeah, when I die, don't tell my don't sell my stuff for what I told my wife I paid for it. And that means any listeners don't use this as blackmail against him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we keep separate bank accounts. So, I, I don't even think uh, the Bench Tokyo events are that expensive. It's just like regular track day price. Yeah, I mean, um, it was it was five hundred dollars for two days at NCM. That's that's, that's not like, normal. Yeah, that's fine for. Can a track someone like tell that. me what Bench yeah. Tokyo is? It's just a track day, or it's a track day. Okay. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, it drew, drew actually. Drew Turner from Def Motion. Yeah, Def Def Motion was like sort of our first like kind of sponsor, like f- like five podcasts in. They were my wow. they were my first sponsor when I was driving, man. Yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew's got a little uh, kind of a little shop and uh, mail order stuff, and he hosts three track events at uh, NCM a year. So, um, yeah, and uh, we actually had a meeting with him at PRI. Chris and I did. Oh, so nice. there might there might be long term things uh, happening uh, with with Binge Tokyo. So check that. Out. I'd be pretty excited to see that. Um, yeah, we'd love to do we'd love to do something at NCM. I don't know. We and we can't do everything that we want to do ourselves. Like it's too much. Um, so we all need help. And uh, yeah, maybe we're looking for help. But um, wait, how many events do you want to do a year? And you're saying it's too much? I Shut want to up. Do, I want to do less Austin, than we do now, uh, and drastically less than Austin does. Both Adam <laughs> and I have regular jobs in addition to doing track stuff. You don't have, have a you? regular job. Yeah, I do. It's just running track events. Yes, that's uh, a regular job. That wait, should be my regular job, wait, but it wait, turns wait. out there's no when money in track events. When you're not at the track working, how many hours a week do you do actual work? It depends. Is there an event coming up that weekend? Yes. Or yes. not? Yes. If there's an event coming up that weekend, it's probably a good 40 to 50. Hours? Yeah, it's, big. No. it's like... No, yeah, dude, it's pretty busy. Dude, Abe, Abe, Abe. Before, like a week before a Grid Life event, I worked like... Forty hours a week on grid life stuff. Yeah, and and my regular job. This yeah, is like, a big job. Austin could just phone it in. I mean, no, no. I've seen how we've seen you and I have seen how Speed Ventures runs. They're pretty dialed. It, yeah, it I, takes a I, lot of. Back I agree. End. I'm just giving him a hard time. Think about the five or eight hours you do, and then the freaking like, even if it's like the little shit, like loading up the truck and like getting all the things to the guy. And speaking like, of just little shit, forever, I think man. I have a legitimate export of the Gold Pass ticket holder, so I'm pretty excited Almost about there. that. Nice. There. <laughs> um, now I just have to like cross reference them with all the the 
uh, custom forms and stuff. This is going to take like two or three hours at least. Yeah, we're sorting out our processes. We almost have processes for our processes. So. Yeah, it's it's actually been a while since we've uh, we've all done a show together. Probably about yeah. a month. Yes, I've been yeah, sick, was, and I'm finally not sick. Thank Derek's God. been dead for like six six weeks. We're sick of all time, your shit, Derek. Dude, I was yeah, knocked on my ass. You're complaining. I'm I'm, I'm, sick of I'm like the guy who always goes to work. You know, when you're sick, never. You know, just sucks it up. And I took a day off from work. I mean, it really knocked me on my ass. Uh, it, it didn't sound like it was fun. No you had antibiotics. So, so you were actually. Would sick. you say it it rendered you speechless? Yeah, oh, it did for one <laughs> for one one day. Oh well, shit! There I could, we go. My voice was gone and I couldn't hear anything either. I had an ear infection, so I'd be yelling I, I in the mic. How, so for those of you that are listening that don't know, Derek works as a speech therapist, so that's why it was funny. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Because people are probably like, why the heck did Adam laugh? And speaking of yeah. hours work. Austin, if you have to explain to people why it's funny, it's not funny. Well, now yeah. they're all going to go back and replay it. Yeah. yeah hit that yeah. Hit that 15-second back bar for uh, for about three, and then right. you know just go and giggle. And I, I think I only work about probably 18 or 19 hours a week, and then... Spend the other fifteen or twenty hours driving to each patient. Spend a lot of yeah. time. Technically, in the car. that's driving, man. Yep. Dude, when I was in outside sales, I'd spent like probably like thirty hours a week driving. Nah, maybe not thirty, but a lot, and maybe only like five hours in front of customers. I mean, yeah, I, didn't I you love do it. like fifty thousand miles a year, Austin? Yeah, it was sixty thousand miles a year. I was doing five thousand miles a month. Yeah, Derek's doing like what thirty thousand miles about a year? About thirty, yeah. Do you have that a company up, car man. for that, Derek, or is that like your own mileage? No, it's my own. It's gross. Do you get reimbursed? Though? I guess your taxes no. are probably awesome because oh, you don't get reimbursed either. No, but but I get paid more per visit than companies that reimburse. So it kind of just okay. all balances out. So for me, I was getting like fifty-five to fifty-seven cents a mile, depending on the year, and uh, at sixty thousand miles a year, like, that was some pretty good money, man. Yeah, that would add up. They changed. So, I mean, not not all of it was for work. You know, some of that yeah. was regular, but like. I essentially had an extra paycheck every month just in mileage reimbursement. That's why when I bought the TDI, it made sense because I was driving a Pathfinder at the time. And uh, pretty much all the fuel savings paid for, you know, the, essentially yeah, paid the car note every month. Yeah. That, that TDI was so rad, too. What a nice place to be. So I'm, I'm actually a nice driving it. I'm driving a 2011 Golf TDI right now that I borrowed from my buddy. And uh, I kind of miss it, man. They're nice cars, man. I, I, yeah. I, I drove my dad's new Passat. His new Passat's a gas engine one, but uh, they're like it's such a great deal for what it is. I mean, they depreciate like a rock, but like it's it's, it's like it's like driving a mid two thousands like Mercedes Benz like yeah. high end thing. It's nice. Yeah, they're, they're nice. Mine had a hundred mine had a hundred and twenty thousand miles on it when I returned it, and like yeah, not a squeak or a rattle. Yeah, rocks up. So. So a lot of people don't know, but I actually still have all of my suspension parts and wheels and all of my interior, like I any of my mods. Wheels too. Yeah. yeah, it's just chilling in my storage unit right now. So I could easily go and buy another one and just essentially replicate the whole car. And you can yeah, you can get nice them car. right now for like twelve, thirteen, certified pre-owned with a bunch of warranty. Oh, and that's for like that's for like a thirty thousand mile one yeah. from twenty fourteen, yeah. like the last year, like what I had. That's what that's what you'd want, you know. There's a lot of yeah. decent ones around eight to ten too. Like I really think I want a big BMW touring motorcycle though. 
<laughs> See, Austin doesn't want a car. Austin no. needs to be not trapped. He needs to be open and free to the air. Well, like motor, what? like motorcycles that have that heated breathe, seats man. and heated grips. I'm surprised right? your wife isn't making you sell everything after the, um, after your issue. Well, after my little, after my little issue. Yeah. Let's hop. Let's hop into that. Uh, uh, Derek did no, some we things. Can't. He went to Coda. We can't. And no insurance. No insurance. He can't give us details. Yet. But he got okay, into so no insurance details. He got into yet. A, a small issue in his motorcycle, and he's he's okay. He's not hurt. That's all we know. Yeah, no broken, no, no broken bones. Story to come later at a later date. Okay, so so insurance hasn't uh, figured things out yet. So you don't want to talk about no it? one of one of the cars that was involved. The guy was on his way to LAX uh, to go out of the country for two weeks. Oh wow! So he'll okay. be back this Friday. All right, so we can't talk about that. <laughs> I mean, we could, but I don't. I don't want to. I kind of remembered I wasn't supposed to say anything as I was asking about it. Oops. Oh, it's okay. Like I'm not. I'm not hiding anything. I just don't want to talk about it until the check well, is in the bank. Yeah. There, there, there was there there was an incident. Austin crashed a motorcycle, and it wasn't entirely uh, upon um, his doing. Where I was maybe. going, it was with that. it was less my it was less my fault than the other person's, yeah. according to my my insurance percentages as far as so, how they. They ranked uh, liability. My wife like and the I, same, uh, the same day, Derek went to Coda, so we can talk about that. But <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. I was gonna say that the same uh, towards like right when me and my wife met, it was right when I was like phasing out from racing motocross, and she went and saw me ride a couple times, and I ate ate shit real bad uh, one of the last times, and uh, on a buddy's bike too, CR two fifty. And, you know, she saw that and then saw me all bloody after. And she was just like, no more. You know, I don't want you on any motorcycles anymore. You needed her handsome boy. So, I don't know. You have all, you have all them Your wife looks. may lose patience. Who knows? Nah, my wife's cool with it, man. She's, it, huh? she's okay with me still riding. Yeah. And she even said she'll still ride with me, too. Whoa. Yeah. The, the bike is, uh, are you going to fix it? Have you decided what you're going to do with that or no? I don't really know. Like, it's really not worth it. I can go buy another one for like two grand. There's actually one that just popped up for sale while I've been gone over in Manhattan Beach, which is like 20 minutes away. Uh, single owner, same year, with okay. 55,000 miles on it. So, how many miles does yours have on it? Uh, it had 40, a little over 42 on it when it happened. Yeah, this was the VFR. It's a VFR, right? Yeah, the, the one, one that I spent all the time fixing all the coolant stuff on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, I had just put all of the final finishing touches on it and was riding it for the first time yeah going to going up to santa monica um you said the frame is fine though right i think i don't know the insurance adjuster came out and it looks like it might have like a little a little like ding that's probably doesn't look structural but insurance is really really yeah. leery with that so he's like ah it looks like it's probably going to be totaled okay is that something that so, is, is there a big market for for part out on a bike like that, or or no? Um, kind of. I mean, there's there's a lot of parts that are available online. Uh, this bike is considered by by a lot to be kind of like one of the best motorcycles ever built. Okay. Um, like the fifth gen VFR, it has the gear driven cams that I I've talked about on the show before. Uh, so like the motor's really really stout. People regularly put like two hundred thousand miles on them. So, which in, in motorcycle world, that's a lot of miles. Insane. Even like 50,000 yeah. 50, is a lot for a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my Speed Triple's got almost 45 on it now. That's wild. So, but these BMWs that I'm looking at, I found a really good deal on one down in Jacksonville. 
Um, like really good deal, but it's it's pretty high mileage. It's two hundred and twenty thousand miles on it. You know what I think you should Holy get? Cow, Goldwing. I'd like a Goldwing. They're just heavy, man. Who cares? They're so big. Yeah. Have you seen the videos of people on Goldwings? Dragon knee. Oh yeah, yeah. It's possible. Yeah, I just uh, like maneuvering it in traffic and stuff. I really don't want to have to deal. No, nah, you'll be they you'll be all right, there. and you'll be so comfortable. So the BMWs that I'm looking at are actually surprisingly light. It's the same. It's the same BMWs that all the cops ride. Mm. So and they weigh like they weigh 505 pounds for the generation that I'm looking at. And so the VFR was like 527 pounds. So it's actually lighter than the VFR was. That thing was heavier than I thought it would be. That's really heavy. Yeah. And actually, I think that's part of the reason why I'm hurt so much is because after the accident, I just reached down and running on adrenaline, just yanked that sucker right up. You strained everything. Yeah. Yeah. You deadlifted like 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous, man. Did Was it rideable on the way home or no? No, no. Forks are all mangled. Oh, okay. So, I think you should put a new set of forks on it and strip it all off and then have a freaking trash rat bike that you just take up to the canyons thought about it but the bike's kind of heavy the bike's kind of heavy for that sort of thing is there enough stuff that you could take off that would like drop like 50 75 pounds or no um probably not. might be able to you could probably drop like 35 to 40 pounds well, that's not the end of the world but it's no and it, that it still puts it as heavier than the the speed triple what's the speed triple weighs in the 400 range low 400? uh from the factory it's like 470 something but okay. then the exhaust is like forty pounds on it. Is that Holy is that a that's, that's all six gone. seven five or ten fifty? No, it's a ten fifty. I've ridden one of those. It's one of the fun, most fun bikes I've ever ridden my whole life. Yeah, so dude, fun. It's, it's quick. It's a wheel, Lots of torque. Really machine. I mean, it's just yeah. it takes up the front wheel yeah, no matter what. It's super yeah, torque. Really, really fun machine. one, man. Yeah. Just, everybody shows you their willy. Yeah, they show <laughs> yeah. you their willy. I freaking love the Derek <laughs> accent today, man. It's so good. What do you, what do you say? What it's was he saying before? We, oh, melon, yeah. melon car. I was trying to it's say melon, trying to melon, say melon rebate, and they Mail said melon. And melon thought, they rebate. thought it was a watermelon, like James Houghton's helmet. Yeah, or like in and my mind, I was out. like, well, maybe, maybe Texas has something that's like the lemon law, but not quite the lemon law. It's like the melon law. Yeah, yeah. So it's the nope, melon it's, rebate. It's just our, our our speech therapist not knowing how to. How we were to use his we were talking about it before the show because we're going to get. My wife is leasing a new BMW hybrid this weekend. So, is it new? Super or is it fancy. Used? No, brand new. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> that's really the only way to get a new BMW, though. You do not buy a new BMW. Yeah, this is a lease, so it's just twelve thousand yeah. miles a year, yeah. and then at the end, she gives it back. How many miles a year does she normally drive? Is, is that under? Way under. It... She works yeah. seven miles from the house, so. Oh, okay. Cool. She's gonna. I think you guys need to name the car E Lease. Because it's E-lease. a lease and it's electric, like an electric plug-in, and that's when you said a lease. That's what I thought of all of a sudden. Oh, like a Lotus. Is that a pl- is is that a yeah. plug-in hybrid yeah. or, or no? Yeah, it's cool. It's got cool. Uh, about just enough range to get her to work and back, all electric. So it's got like 15 miles. Um, but it's super. The tech in it's kind of cool because it's got the ZF eight-speed auto. So it's kind of yeah. it's kind of you know it's got a good transmission. And even no matter what mode you have it on, like if you have it on one where the gas motor kicks in, it still pulls from the line with the electric. And so it kind of, you know, it's like torque fills almost because it's a turbo so, two liter. It's so so it weird uses... that that BMW car basically has the same trans as my Jeep diesel. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Isn't it wild? It uses the, uses the electric motor to drive the ZF8 speed. Yeah. So there's no torque converter. 
Oh wow! Yeah. So the electric motor replaces the torque converter, and uh, huh. that's how it works. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Kind of cool. Yeah. And so, like, you could take it through some twisties, and it has paddles and everything. You know, it shifts just as good as all the others DF eight speeds would. Interesting. Yeah, I'd kind of like to drive one of those. That sounds super weird. <laughs> well, he was he was telling us all the like incentives and stuff, and the fact that the dealership they're getting it from has ninety of them in stock right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they have a bunch of them, and this one's uh, a, a, a like one of their loaners that they give out to service. You know, but it's only got nineteen hundred yeah. miles on it, so it's basically brand new. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah. Dude. And so, and then you get six thousand off immediately for federal rebate for it being a hybrid, and then they're discounting a bunch. And then after you, after we get the car, Texas has this program which the melon, the melon rebate, no, the mel in yeah, rebate, the watermelon rebate is uh, is what Texas has. <laughs> but there's some, there's I, I some go for a watermelon rebate. Right there's now. some program going on right Delicious. now. You just fill out a bunch of paperwork and send in the like copy of the lease agreement or the purchase agreement signed by everybody. And then Texas mails you twenty five hundred bucks. Good old Texas, land of the free, home of the brave. Pretty cool. That ain't so bad. Did, we yeah. did figure out one negative to the leasing here, though. So there's a couple different places I know. Chicago's the same way, um, but there's a couple states, like three and Texas included, where you have to pay the tax on the whole car on the lease. Yes. I've heard oh, that. really? Yes. Dang. So like the same deal, if it was in a different state, would probably be like. 30 or 40 bucks a month cheaper because you just get taxed on the payment, not the whole. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that adds up, but uh, I don't know. That, it's probably the only way to be in a car but that nice is to lease it, unfortunately. It works out. I mean, the only other thing she, she likes or wants would be a loaded Jeep Wrangler, like a four-door Jeep Wrangler. Gross. Um, but <laughs> there says the guy with the Jeep. Well, I think she's going to be happier with this anyway. But but also yeah. they're fucking expensive. They're like, you know, forty eight or forty nine grand. You know, and you can't. You know, you don't have to lease one of those. So, well, you know, if you wait, if you wait a couple months, you could go get that new Jeep truck thing. Yeah, it tows like seventy five hundred pounds, and, then, you just and that'll be like what your race car with what sixty. You know, I don't think they're going to be that expensive. They're going to be high for sure. I don't know. It, it, all, all you got to do with a Jeep is just get a, a warranty like Abe has, and you're sick. Fine. Not a big warranty. Time. Yeah, all the warranties. No, Apparently, you're, you're just, as part of the uh, eco diesel sediment, uh, they're going to extend my warranty. <laughs> how to, how far? I don't know. Uh, I thought yours was already like to 150,000 miles or something. I, I consider my warranty to have gotten my money's worth. Um, yeah. But I pay a deductible, and I don't think on the new one I will need to. That's awesome. Plus, well, I mean, that's plus I got more stuff. Because so. it'll break a bunch more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's well, going to break. They're just trying to incentivize <laughs> people to keep them instead of dumping them back into the used car market. Well, apparently Did, the settlement is like uh, if the previous lessee doesn't claim anything, um, I'll get like three grand back and uh, they'll fix the vehicle and they'll give me the extended warranty. That's so much nice. money. Yeah, I, that's that. You you might have lucked into something there. At least you got a warranty on it, though. Yeah. You had like ten thousand dollars in twelve five. Twelve so five. That's Nuts. so many. <laughs> that's so many monies in one year. Yeah, jeez. Well, it's been a pretty solid truck for when you need it to be a solid truck. At least it seems to only break like when it's like at your house or at your dad's house. That's true. Um, yeah. No, it like I, I towed the Evo up to Autobahn or not Autobahn uh, Blackhawk last year, and it was like. 
Great. Does it? Yeah. Do, is it like where it turns off and breaks, or is it just some shit goes wrong and the light comes on and you got to bring it in? Um. Well, the the DPF um, like welds on the piping on the DPF failed, and so um, the car went or the the Jeep went into like limp mode and it couldn't be driven past like thirty miles an hour. Um, that that happened at my dad's house. Um, I, welds on the intake manifold failed too, right? Kicked the panel out of the floor and it danger danger to manifold. Um, no, the the radiator had a crack in it. Uh, the oil pan was leaking. The I, I had the steering gear replaced. Um, both steering gear, yeah. Both the rear shocks were replaced. I mean, like they did a bunch of stuff. So were these are like were these all multiple repairs, or did they do it all at once? So you only had to pay one deductible. Uh, I've paid like two or three deductibles. Okay. But is it is it oh. at least an affordable deductible? It's two hundred bucks. Oh, that's not oh, that and they uh, apparently forty five hundred dollar deductible. The timing <laughs> chain uh, cover, the the metal cover, is like to service that. Mine was leaking. Um, to service that was a ten hour billable job. Really? Yeah. So Dang. there's like one diesel mechanic at the Jeep dealer near my house, and he was just like, he knew my face, and he's like, I I hate this thing so much. So yeah. could he sense the tension on the cam chain? <laughs> oh, that's that was really quick for such a bad joke. <laughs> well, you're you're finding me in rare form. This is like my third day on like about three hours of sleep. Yeah, Austin's been so by actually, himself no, saving my his fifth up. my fifth day of the of three hours of sleep because we had I was at Button Willow this past weekend running an event. Yeah, in the mud it looked like right. Yeah, dude, it was so muddy. Yeah. So, so muddy. Button, Button Willow turns from like <laughs> silt and dust to like sink into your axles mud, huh? Yeah, like it turns turns to like quicksand. Like it's almost like Georgia red clay, but it's like gray. Oh my gosh. You yeah, never, it's, like, it's bad. When when we watch the live feed of, of Super Lab Battle, I mean, there's a number of corners where I think, you know, it's pretty easy to just like understeer off. Um, yeah. And in at the end of summer, it's not a big deal because the cars just kick up a ton of dust and drive back on track. Not so much this time. Yeah. Over the course of the weekend, we pulled 20 cars out of the mud. Oh, my gosh. Stuck up like 20. stuck up to the rim. Like can't see the bottom. Yeah. Of the rims. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of them weren't that bad. You just don't get any traction. But yeah, the uh, the tow truck definitely got a workout like our Speed Ventures truck. And if they yeah, were, like, real wild. far off in there, we'd throw them a pair of boots and make them hook their own car up. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. so does, does the truck have to stay on the asphalt, or can it get enough traction out in the mud? No, we keep, we keep the track on the asphalt. There's, there's no way. Like, it was, it was super, super slick. It's not worth the risk, either. If you got enough No, strap, the thing would sink good. in, yeah. A couple times, cars were out there and, like, pretty far out, but in a good spot. Yeah. Um, so we'd leave them until, like, lunch or until the end of the day. Because you can't get it, it's going to take too long. Yeah. On Saturday, we actually ended up getting like an hour off schedule. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So we ended up, we finished the day on schedule, and people didn't lose, but like maybe 10 minutes of track time per session. Um, like overall throughout the day, they only lost 10 minutes, so we were able to keep it on, on schedule pretty well. The joys of running an event. Yep. Yeah. What, uh, um, what do you got coming up soon for Speed Ventures? Where else are you going soon? Uh, so when I get back, I get back on Thursday, next Thursday. So I'm gone for like another week. And uh, when I get back 
I got to load the truck and then Friday morning head out to Chuckwalla. Okay. So yeah, I'll be at Chuckwalla and then I have a weekend off and then we go back to Buttonwillow. Speaking of uh, track events, also I want to plug that there are spots available for our Mid Ohio event for Grid Life. Holla. For our yeah, and for our yeah, the first event that Derek's going to come to with a race car. Yep. Um, and then uh, that's April five six or six seven. I can't remember. Six seven. Um, and then there are also spots available for uh, West Virginia for our Summit Sum- Point. Yeah, Summit Point Shenandoah Circuit. Those events are both they're both about half sold out, which uh yeah, for the first events of the year, that's about where we we normally are. The the Mid Ohio event usually fully sells out. Um so if you want to get in on that event, uh hop in on ASAP. And people are I, would like, I think I, a little bit uh they're always a little bit squeamish about the weather, but as things warm up, yep. that event is is almost always like super fun. Let's see how many miles I have to tow. Start, I'd like to point out like starting home. Miles. Okay. I'd like to point out how smooth of a uh, transition that was into promoting the event. That was very, that was very like Adam Carolla esque from Carcast. Talking about Castro. It's almost like I'm a professional. You know. <laughs> Slowly but surely, our uh, our quality around all things is improving. No, that's not true at all. But we are still <laughs> flailing in mediocrity. We can't Con- flailing content. In content still sucks. Yeah. Like polishing a turd, dude. I, I I fully enjoyed the the uh, the show with Costas. What's his faces? Jalamas. Uh, the, yeah, dude. That guy is the, super rad. That dude is rad, man. That was a great show. Yeah. I loved that talking. Yeah, he, very well the, spoken too. Yeah, the drift programs and stuff, and yeah. everything he's done. Dude, that's, I didn't I didn't realize they were running data in those cars. No, me to that neither. Level. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Those, things, like a, those things are wild. Just send it in general. It's so wild. Like people, so wild. people talk about the Time Attack Unlimited cars, and they're just you know I think those pro level drift cars are just as wild, and there's a bunch of them. You know? And it's such it's such a unique discipline. It's only like 35 cars in that sort of like in the U.S. that are like working that envelope with those parameters. So like it, it's like. It's like the the cutting edge of kind of what they're doing. You know, they're trying to figure this stuff out like every year. It's changing. Yeah, it's all brand it's new. Not, it's not like there's a thousand spec racer Fords all doing the same thing. Like these dudes are figuring this stuff out like right now. Well, I thought it was pretty awesome when Mike was geeking out about the car essentially running on molten rubber. Yeah, yeah. Like it's so, that's it's pretty. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you're setting it up to do something that people have never really. Uh, set it up to that level like you're it seems like they're constantly trying to find the next advantage uh, in a series that like it's so new and they're they're pushing the boundaries like so much further every year right now i i think it's fascinating i like I how it's really cool i like how when mike gets excited he still talks at the same speed with oh, no man. change but you can he's still tell so he's like ex- you can still tell he's excited somehow but he's not really <laughs> talking different He's like the most adorable man I've ever met. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I, I enjoyed that show a lot. That was uh, that was a rad show. The uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to hearing more like uh, more stories from the Moto IQ garage. It uh, some of some of our stuff might get pushed to the back burner. We might throw it up on Fridays, just sneak it in there. If uh, if Austin starts knocking dingers out of the park like that, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that one was really fun. We uh, we have one upcoming with uh, with JC Manet that uh, we recorded. 
One, one of the OG time attackers. Dude, that guy's yeah. such a nice guy too. He's yeah. I, like, I think I, we'll I think we'll actually run this show before that because it's been a while since people have heard from all four of us. So this will probably I, I be next week's a, episode. I, I did get a message today asking like, uh, "Are you guys like off the show?" And I was like, "No, we just." <laughs> Austin did some shows. We're just yeah, we're we're trying to figure out we're trying to figure out the easiest yeah. way to do the logistics. No, and, and right now it's kind of nice to get a little bit of a break because uh, it's right before the season yeah, and I'm trying to all, build a car and we're all thrashing. I'm I haven't Derek even started on my car. Fixing a truck. I'm not thrashing. My car's at uh, AS Motorsports and he's just fixing all my stuff. Yeah, Abe's been like messaging us every night. All right, you want to record? You want to record? It's because yeah. Abe's not working on anything. Abe. Abe's all like, man, you guys got to start living like a doctor. You got to start paying somebody for this. <laughs> yeah, right. It's Dude, yeah, no, JC, JC Manet, though, like, I don't know why, but I, I, I anticipated him being like, like the OG cool kid. And he ends up like being like the nicest, the nicest man ever. I think he's, yeah. I, I thought he was super nice. Like he was the dude I want to spend more time with. He seems like the, like a rad guy. That was the first yeah. time I ever, I met him was at, uh, well, what's was interesting, his, uh, his son raced uh, like um, professional Supercross, like AMA Supercross. Okay, cool. So we talk about that on the show a little bit. Ooh, I'll be looking Good forward dude. to that one. Yeah, his car, his car is wild, it's my jam. Too, and I love how he, I love how it's still pretty DIY. He's been in, he's been in time you know, he, for so long. So he bought that on. thing. He bought that thing brand new. I, I have a story about that car at Streets of Willow. So, yeah. um, can y'all tell me what the car is? It's a WRX STI that's like oh, you, crazy. You mean the story where it had two transponders on it? It did oh, have geez. two transponders on it, but that's not the story. <laughs> the story is uh, we were like, uh, you know, like all hands on deck trying to run brackets at a one day event. And it's, it's already chaos and codes at the front of the grid and cone gets a little bit testy sometimes anyway. And he's talking to me over the headset because he wasn't like track mod cars were called to grid and yeah. JC pulls up and cones on the radio, like screaming at me, you know, why is this unlimited car out here with the track mod cars? And I was like, uh, that's a track mod car, dude. <laughs> it's a pretty wild track mod car though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard that. I was like, no cone, that's in a look at the tires. Those are not Hoosiers. And he's like, Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike and I did a, a pretty long show with him. I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes or so. Right. Yeah, no, it, it uh, it's a cool car, and uh, Derek, it was at uh, Subaru Lab Battle at Coda. It was the Subaru. It was like a silvery. You know, it's a bunch of colors, but it's it, white. Uh, it's mostly white. It's, yeah, it, I think he lost the the motor maybe at turn one. Yeah, the the, the crank snapped at Coda. He lost. Uh, the yeah, the front the front of the crank snapped, Su- but it Subaru kept things. running. Yeah, it, no, it kept running too. Like it didn't shut off uh, until like. I think he. I think he did his fastest lap with the snap crank. The one that has. That's what he said. We we talk about it on the show. Is that the one yeah. that has air suspension? No, no, that's, that's Cody that's Miles. Miles. Oh, okay. That's Cody Miles. Yeah, his is silver. Yeah, Cody Miles is silver, and yeah, JC's is like white as the base color, right? It looks like it has the intercooler like out in front of the car. The, there's so much aluminum on the car. I didn't know what color it really was. I can't remember. I'm sure <laughs> I, yeah, it I saw. Looks, there's a it bunch of those looks, WRXs. It almost looks like Jeremiah Fox's car did when it was um, white before he did, yeah, like the, yeah, or yeah, silver before he did the crazy rap. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that. That's cool. I'm glad you got him on the show. I didn't know you did that one. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike Mike knows a lot of people here in Southern California, so it comes Obviously. in really handy when it comes to getting guests to come in. Yeah, we got to take advantage of that. It's uh, it's yeah. good to have Austin like. Uh, 
like sort of motivated to do shows right now too, especially right now when I want to have a car running in five weeks or four weeks and it doesn't yeah. look like it's going to happen. Two weeks. <laughs> I have well, the to craziest have thing to like me, three or two, yeah. the craziest thing to me, you know, we talked about it on the show we did with Mike, but like Mike seems like he actually wants to be around us. Like we're not bothering him, which is kind of a weird. Yeah. Feeling. Isn't that the strangest thing? Like <laughs> it's, it's so strange. I feel, I feel like like an eighth grader looking at like college kids thinking they're the coolest people ever. And then like yeah. the college kids are like, no, please come hang out with us. Yeah. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? We it's like, please. Here. Please, eighth graders, please, middle schoolers, come to yeah. our house party. No, this party is way too cool for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But so, uh, Derek, how was uh, how was Superlet Battle? You were there on Saturday. How was uh, how was that track uh, this time of year? And like, what did you see over there? It was cold, and yeah, it, yeah. it kind of uh, kind of the start of the cold front that we that we got. So the um, Friday before. It was 90 degrees, high of 90, and then the next day it was like 50, you know, 48 to 50, and it was windy. Um, That's huge. But it was really cool to see an event like that at Coda. Uh, I hope they come back and keep doing it. I think they will. I think that's a a good track to showcase the craziness of the cars. We had a we had a North American Time Attack Council call uh, Tuesday and uh, talked to Jason uh, about it a lot, and they were uh, they're very happy with uh, with the event for a first year. I mean, it's a big undertaking. That, that track is insane to host an event at, but uh, a lot of a uh, lot of stuff being batted around as possibilities in the future too. I think it could be a really cool event, especially from like a spectator and participant uh, kind of perspective. I think it could be really cool in the future. Yeah, I had a good time, you know, catching up with James and, you know, watching them. Uh, those guys are dialed. Like, uh, he blew the transmission up or whatever, and I I watched them take the front of the car off, and they've got it all set up now where the whole front of the car comes off like a drift car, you know, and the radiator and intercooler and stuff is all one piece, so they just disconnect the, you know, drain the coolant and disconnect it, and it all pulls off. And then you've got access to the whole front of the motor on the Integra. And I, I watched nice. him do that. Nice. And then I went up and I drank two beers and I came back downstairs and I was like, they were putting the front back on. And I was like, is that the new transmission in already? They're like, yeah. Good. That's right. Dang. I think it was like, like two beers. Like th- it takes two beers to change the trans. I mean, they were tall boys and I don't drink super fast, but yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it took them three hours or something like that. I mean, I think they said they had they you know a lot more before they got it actually started. But I was really amazed on how fast they did it. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, cool. That's pretty it's impressive to see somebody at like the club level like that design a car the way that they've done that yeah. car is. Uh, I mean, there's three it, dudes it, you know thrashing on it. They were they were getting down. Yeah, but there's so many components with a car like that. You got all the little. All the little crap that goes along with the arrow and the the turbo and everything else in the way of everything, but to see them design a car to actually come apart, I mean, they've they've taken the trans out of that car like probably a hundred times. I've so heard uh, stories similar to that about like professional awesome at Super Lap Battle. Yeah. I think there was a period of time, maybe it was in sixteen, where uh, PA blew a trans and like. Andy was out there too, and they like ripped the the entire trans apart out of the car in like forty five minutes, something yeah, like that. Just like out, super take quick. It apart. Yep. The, the, what, there's nothing. 
There's nothing like the gun to make it work faster. Yeah, get under the gun and have yeah. to finish it. Yeah. The weather is just so weird this time of year. So you could have that event three years in a row. And you could get fifty degrees. You could get eighty degrees. You know, you could get rain. You could get and snow. then you can get you get yeah. No, there's no telling. Texas is a weird weird place with weather, man. Yeah. Um and. The fact that it was 90 degrees like the, the weekend before, that's wild. That, that's the hottest it's been since last year. Um, since God. summer. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was hot that day. The, it's not, it sounded like Sunday at the event was pretty cool, too, because they had cars and coffee outside. Yeah, I didn't go and, Sunday uh, working on the it, truck. It, uh, it's, it sounded like there was a lot of spectators there, which is cool. Yeah, the, uh, the, because, they, because they had free entry fee and cars and coffee was there. And, uh, yeah, that was all on purpose. The but, way uh, that Coda is set up, uh is the the spectator lot where they hold the cars and coffee uh is like where you would park if you you know you were coming to Formula 1 or something like coming to you know see a professional race it's a big giant parking lot yeah. and th- that walks you right up to the other side of the stands opposite of the pit side Okay. So I've never even been over there because anytime I go, I just drive into the pits, right? And then I'm on. So that was your first time in the garages and stuff. Huh? Oh no, no, I've uh, raced there. Oh, you haven't been on the other side, you mean? Yeah, okay. yeah, I haven't yeah. been on the other side where the cars and coffee people uh, were watching. That's right. From. I forgot that you raced there for your comp school and yeah. other stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've done two. I've raced there, and then I did uh, like HPD there too, year before. Yep. It's a facility that I want to run an event at someday. Austin's ran an event there before. So the craziest thing to me is the freaking PA whenever they make announcements. It goes like, do, 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 and then you hear the announcement. It's really weird. Yeah, they always... Like, I was having I was having dreams of that freaking, like, PA announcement ding. <laughs> Dude, I have dreams about PA announcements, too, after events. <laughs> you, get, you get haunted by those things, man. You're all yeah. like... Yeah, you do it 100, 200 times, and you start to get haunted by those things. Well, the worst, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before, but the worst is when I announce all weekend, and then I get stuck in announcer voice. Yes, yes. So you, like, you like walk outside, and everyone's like, hey, Austin, how are you? I'm like, I'm doing fine today. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Austin it's the does, worst. Austin it's the worst, headlong, dude. He falls headlong into pro announcer, man. <laughs> it's the worst, man. Oh, another thing cool they had was they... Uh, the stream that you were watching on YouTube, they had projected yeah. um, all over the side of the wall of the building. So like you could, yeah, it's it's set up for that. Yeah. yeah, you can you know look up from pit wall and you you know they didn't have that stuff going. You know the other events I was there, so that's cool that they had all that set up and rolling. It's cool the track like that that's like set up for and like it's got fiber everywhere and you could just plug cameras and systems into it and yeah. like use it. Um, it's like it was like when we were in Vegas, at, you know for. Um, for yeah. our our game night, yep. You know, it's like a super up. pro. Yeah, the garages are that way too. The garages are all set up with air and everything. Yeah, the garages there are super nice. Mm-hmm. I really, I really do want to host an event there. It's kind of like my dream right now to build Touring Cup into something that could be like a really good support race for that. But I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Although I saw I saw Jeff Jeff Brown make a post about. Um, the race last weekend yeah I just saw talking about the pavement yeah talking about the pavement and how it seemed like a lot of the drivers even though they ground it down and stuff a lot of the drivers uh from that race weren't weren't very pleased with it 
The the PwC or SRO or whatever you call it now. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the heck it's called. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's not going to be a smooth track unless they repave it every couple of years because of where they built it. Yeah. Um. All, so so what what was that land beforehand? Was it like sort of swampy or what was that? It's just like hilly, um, mushy land. So Austin sits on a fault line, and everything west of the city, um. Where I live, west of the city. So where I live, it's a beautiful, hilly, limestone, hard rock with, like, lakes that are clear blue. And then you go east of the city where the track is, and it's it's just mushy, brown, like, sloppy dirt. And then we get this, you know, it heat and then cold and then heat and then cold. And it just makes bumpy stuff, you know. Like you can even the heat and the cold like that—that that, the forty-degree swings in a weekend—that's bad for blacktop. Yeah, it is. Even just that alone, you can drive around the you know the roads around Coda, you know, just like the streets, the local streets. I mean, if you had a slam car, you'd be scraping all over the place. They're like whoop, you know, whoop de doos. Yeah. Um, James said the said the track was pretty drivable. Uh, he said the back straights were like. You know the the big straights were kind of bumpy, but like the bumps weren't in the worst spots. Well, they had just but, uh, they just repaved a couple sections and ground some stuff down, so it was worse earlier. Um, James is James is also from Canada, so you know he's, it probably feels like a there like a piece so, of a piece of glass. Well, whenever I <laughs> whenever I did comp school, they were pretty bad, um, worse than they are right now. And like in our grid life, touring cup speed cars, like we would not even complain about them. Like they're there. I mean, they're no big deal. They're they're in spots where, in you know, a two hundred or two hundred fifty horsepower car, you're not going to be at the limit of traction to be bothered by it. But if you're okay. in something really fast, like an Indy car, or you're on yeah. a MotoGP yeah. bike or something, the bumps are in the places where you are, you know wide open and kind of on the edge okay so that's why they complain so much yeah it's a facility i want to run at but uh, you do hear a lot about the bumps i swear i thought you said you were not so into running there uh, like a month no, ago i, I want to personally drive it i don't know if i want to host an event there oh i, I like see to personally drive it okay um but the stories about like the cost to clean up an oil spill and stuff—that's a little terrifying. Um, oh yeah, we uh, at our Speed Adventures event last year, we uh, we sent a guy home with a pretty significant bill after hitting a wall. How how high was it? I think it was like sixty-eight hundred dollars or something. Sixty-eight hundred. There's bucks. not another yeah. track that. I mean, there's other tracks that bill you too, but I mean, I know Coda's the most expensive with that stuff. Yeah. We we moved a big piece of Armco at Mid Ohio uh, last year. Uh, that, that IMSA, the IMSA Mustang that basically was out there testing. Oh yeah, the MBRP one. Yeah, in the rain. Yeah. They, they went straight yeah. into the wall with with the pro driver, uh, and I think that was um, that was our biggest bill we've ever gotten, and it was five hundred bucks. So are you gonna <laughs> yeah. are you gonna call them and ask them for the Armco so you can take it home and put it in the shop? Uh, I, technically, I you paid for it. You, know, you paid for it. Might as well take it home. Did he, I think it was actually it was a piece of concrete. They just pushed it back. <laughs> they charge you five hundred. But did they get into the safer barrier that wreck that you were talking about, Austin? Or uh, I'm not really sure. I don't remember. I know that exactly. safer barrier stuff is expensive to replace. I just yeah, remember it being a guy in a GT3 RS, and he just like wrote a check and was just like, ah. How much? Uh, how much of that track has got safer barrier around it? I don't. I don't even know. 
I know. I know yeah, it's I got know, some. Percentages. Uh, you know, it's the kind it's the, the high, only the high impact stuff. It's the yeah. only uh, like highest rated FIA track in the United States, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So super super safe. It does look like it's a pretty safe track, but it's not a place that you want to have an oil line come off. No. And then no. drive around. I don't seven want turns. one coming off anywhere. But there, there's a couple places there that people get in trouble, and it's usually. Um, trying to save a spin and spin inside the wall. So there's runoff. Oh, okay. There's runoff everywhere, but there's a couple places where you have a wall to your left, and if yep. you you know spin on exit, like if you just let yourself spin, you're fine. If you spin out, but if you try to save it, hook, you'll hook into the wall. I've seen a couple wrecks like that. that. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I got sprayed by taillight plastic uh, at Gingerman one time when uh, a group was running reverse. And me and my girlfriend at the time, who's you know, Sarah now, uh, my wife. Um, she's Sarah now. She was your girlfriend before. And yeah, her name used to now be Sarah. She was also her girlfriend again, Amber. She still is. <laughs> she used to be Amber and was super fun. Get over here, girlfriend. Her, or you mean her name used to be Doug. No. <laughs> now she's Sarah. <laughs> uh, no, we, she and I were standing trackside, like just past the, uh, just south of the flag station there, you know, like the checker flag station. And uh, they were running counterclockwise, and a, and at the time it was like 2001, a brand new S2000, and it had every Mugen part in the catalog, and it was like out of King Motorsports. It was like their car. Oh, I heard yeah. about that. They they it spun he uh, the and it was an instructor driving it, and it wasn't his car. Um, and he tried to tried to save it, and then he backed it into the wall, bent the whole back of the car up, and we got and, and like a wing flew over our head. And Dude, plastic. do I know who the driver of that car was? Has he been I on the show before? I don't know who it was. I have no idea. Okay, okay. It was so long ago. Like I didn't know anybody. I was just there. Yeah, I was just there for the event. But. That's the that was the black one that was in um, Sport Compact Car, right? I think so, yeah. I yeah, it was so. like this black was like, and then with gold and like the maroon and silver Mugen yeah. livery. Yep. Yeah. I think this was like 02 or 03. I don't even remember exactly when it was. I think it was probably 02 or 03. Okay. It was a long time ago. I think it was an 01 or 02 S3000. But, okay. Which, uh, which is, I know they were brand new because like I hadn't seen any S2000s and this thing had freaking Motons and like Mugen everything. Super <laughs> fancy. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. Weren't there? I think there were some some custom custom Mugen shocks eventually that were like revalve Showas, like revalve factory pieces almost. Yeah, I think that they. I feel the, like I've uh, seen those. The Mugen shocks were mostly made by Showa, I think. Yeah, but, but not labeled as such. Showa. That's dirt yeah. bike stuff. Yeah, it's show, well, it's Showa's car just stuff a, too, a, man. It's a huge aluminum company. Showa is an aluminum manufacturer, but they have like a gajillion divisions of things, I think. It's like Alcoa Steel and Alcoa yep. Aluminum now. Yep. Yeah. It's like the Japanese version of that. Yep. So Abe, Abe, how far is uh, how far is your Evo? Do you know what's wrong with the Evo and if it's fixed and you're driving it next weekend? Uh, you know what the problem is? It's an Evo. Yeah, that is the problem. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I, I was talking to Andy about it too, and I think everybody knows that Andy works fast. And so I was trying to get a Smetigard. I was trying to get a ballpark idea of how much he was going to bill me for. It. And he's like, "Dude, I've only got three hours into it." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> okay. really?" Um, <laughs> so he replaced uh, a couple of things rather than like chase a, a diagnostic thing. He just uh, we we bought 
um, a new internal wastegate actuator uh, and a new like EFR specific um, recirculation valve. And uh, he like tightened everything back up and made sure everything was sealed good. And um, he just needs to uh, like check the tune and do a couple of full throttle pulls to make sure that the boost is in line. Um, so yeah, he's like, well, it's, it's going to be fixed for NCM one way or the other. And if we have a small dial in stuff to do at the track, that's what we'll do. But do you have any, do you have any good tires that you're going to run down there? You're just going to run your old stuff. You forget that I have a brand new set of continental, um, like, extreme contact whatever's um yeah. oh the dw's yeah i had yeah. just bought a set of those um last year and i have like basically zero track miles on them they're they're new i didn't even know you had this that's right <laughs> so uh i'm actually like i'm looking forward to it he's he's basically just going to be track support for the weekend and so he's driving it down to MCM, no, MCM on his trailer. He's trailering it. That's um, what I mean. He's yeah, bringing he, it to you. Along with That's, the trainer and uh, his Alex, Alex Moss yeah. is coming also. Cool. And uh, I think we're just going to make a weekend of it. So it should be fun. Jealous. I'm jealous. I'm I'm actually interested in getting him in the car so that we can work on setup. Because I, I like have some observations about what I think that it does. And if he needs to like realign my expectations, you know what I mean? Like if he's, if, if he says, yeah, the car does that, but that's kind of how it has to be, or like it's designed to do that or whatever. Um, I can get that feedback, but I probably will have him in the car, um, for a session just to see how fast. When have you changed it since we drove it last time? Like I drove it at Blackhawk Farms last, I think. I don't think so. Um, the thing, thinking back to like what I didn't like about the car, I think the back end, like I think the back end needs a bunch more rebound, um, because it felt super floaty. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you come off of bumps and it just like lifted and moved a lot. Yep. I think a bunch more rebound in the back might help. But those are single uh, adjustable Olins, though, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious what you find at uh, at NCM. We, we, that'll be probably a good a good topic to talk about. Like, yeah, and I'm probably going to have Andy drive. Uh, so for 500 bucks, I think what they're advertising is like seven hours of track time over the weekend. Yeah, like tons, it's a ton. tons of it. Yeah. And so giving him a session to like try something out and and help me dial in, I think will be good. I, I was hoping to try and like do a mad thrash on my car this weekend, um, and maybe get to it uh, and. And like it's still kind of a possibility, but uh, now Chris and I are flying to Colorado on Tuesday for Wednesday, Thursday, uh, or Tuesday, Wednesday site visit to Pikes Peak International Raceway. And there goes like all my free time. So I don't know if my car will be ready, but it was kind of an ambition last week when you told me about it. To want I'm excited about Pikes Peak International Raceway because that's on- be only fun. a it's like 12 hour tow instead of 18 or 19 hours. Well, you live in the Dang, wrong spot. Dang, that's pretty close. Yeah, not bad. You live in the wrong spot, Derek. No, that's okay. It's pretty close. It's like a 20-hour drive for me. We're, d- we're doing like, I'm, it's I'm, like no, a 20-hour drive from like everybody. I'm seriously happy with 12. No, I'm, I'm excited about the 12 hours. I wasn't being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like, do, oh, yeah. yes. I think I can do that in I one stint. I think the event will be fun. I, and, and currently, we're hoping to do um, a, like a lot of feature stuff that's like spectator-friendly at night. 
and then a bunch of HPDE stuff during the day. And, and then there would be a multiple autocross courses, probably off-road component, like all kinds of different things at the event at the same time. Um, and we're, pro- we're hoping to have some sort of wheel to wheel component also at this. So, um, you have it, might it be more and of I'll like, bring my car. It might be more of like a run what you brung and like, we'll, we'll just figure out the classing depending on attendance. But, uh, I don't know. We will, I got to see this place. And so he and I are going out there on Tuesday morning. So we'll have Tuesday and then all day Wednesday to plan. And then I fly back Thursday morning and I go back to my dumb job and, uh, yeah, so I was gonna try to incorporate an LA trip into that at the same time, but it, the flight the flight like gets insanely expensive from Colorado to LA. So I'm gonna probably and I'm in Florida. I'm in Florida. Yeah, and while Austin's you'd be doing not it. there, so <laughs> so I gotta like I'd have to break into his RV in order to stay somewhere. I just leave you the keys, man. I could just put it, take it to the valet lot at LAX for you. Oh, man, that could be perfect. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah, I, I, it. Uh, I think Colorado events gonna be fun. It's gonna be unique and it'll be it'll be different. So uh, we're getting a lot of support from the track on that event too. That's the end of July, uh, and it is going to happen. Like, the announcement will be out next week. Um, Excited for that. But, It'd uh, be nice to get away from my summer. Kind of the story behind that one is last year at middle at or at uh, at Gingerman. Um, like we did the festival event at Gingerman and then like a couple of weeks later we got a call from the track and they were like, Oh yeah, we came out to your event and a bunch of us came out and we saw your event and we would like you to do that by us, please. And, uh, and we were, we were kind of, you know, taken aback. They didn't even ask, tell us they were coming. Um, but, uh, they want to be like, they want, they want to really help too. So it's not like, uh, you know, they're not begging us to rent their track. They're like, they really want to help us produce this thing um, and do it that in in a way that's fitting of the of the of their their scene, you know. And they want to build up their scene a little bit more um, around one central event. So I'm kind of excited about the potential. This race long term is going to be cool. a roval. Is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a NASCAR uh, oval, and then there's a there's a road course, and then there's a gajillion acres of paved area around it that you can like. Like you can like drive out of the oval. You can build a track however you want. You can do whatever you want with this place. There's Ooh, so much pavement. A track to go outside of the oval. Look, there's so sick. many options. There's so many options. So uh, I'll know more next week. We'll we'll talk about it. Austin, did you ever? But that is a thing. Did you ever drive Texas World Speedway? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's how I that, did like my second track event. That's how that track was. You yeah. You use the oval. There's but, some infield stuff, and then there's some outfield yeah, stuff too. You go out. Yeah, that track looked really cool. Yeah, it's super. Cool. It was it was freaking awesome, man. Yeah, it's really awesome. There are talks of the of the developer that's building the houses there. Um, he he wants to like open it back up and like run some HPDE. Really? Well, they've already uh, yeah. like built over some of the. They built over part of it, part but of a it. lot of the track is still usable. I, yeah. I read an article like just a week ago about it. Who the knows? Part they built over was like the best part. <laughs> so it's so bizarre to see a track just disappear back into. Uh... It was falling apart, though. I mean, I did some of the last events there, like a chin event, and the place was looking rough. Yeah, wasn't taken uh, care but of. But, yeah, the whole point is if you could do something, because the infield stuff, uh, the tracks just, the infields are so small, you know? But if you can go outside the oval, that's you could do some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah this place is like, like they took down all the light towers, uh, f- and, like, they took down a bunch of grandstands because they're not hosting NASCAR events there. 
And like, so they've just got like pavement for days and days and days. Um, so there's a lot of options for what we can do. They want to put in a bunch more camping facilities in order to prep for like potentially if this takes off, like what this could be in three years or something for good life. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm really excited to, to have a track. That's not just like a, Hey, pay us so you can do a thing. Like they really want us to be partners on this deal and they want to promote it. So could be uh, could be really fun. I'm 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 looking forward to it. And it's different. It won't be just what we've always done just at a different facility. Uh the like we can run 24 hours a day there. We can do whatever we want. Because we like, need, the, like only... the automotive version of Nitro Circus. Exactly. Or like freaking yeah. like it, it could be automotive like Burning Man where there's like a track event going 24 hours a day. Like and it really could be because the only the only neighbors are like meth heads who don't want to be talked to, and like the ar and like the army. <laughs> That's it. Well, in order in order to stay up for twenty four hours straight for three days in a row, we might need we might, some. Of we that might need math. some track staff. Some, yeah, we we might need some army and some meth head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm 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 curious what I'm going to see there. Chris and Sean went out there last year, and. Uh, and then, yeah, we, we had a call with the track like last week. And then, uh, Chris is like, I don't know what to do here. Uh, so he and I are going out there. We, we don't know what to do motorsports wise. Ah. Like, it's kind of like the, like the sky's the limit. So it's kind of a where do you start thing, you know? Um, but it's, uh, I, I think it'll be a fun event and, and there'll be drifting. My, and yeah, I can, it's nicely into the form of the drift calendar. Maybe, and, maybe some Texas people, especially like Dallas people, we could get them to go. Because in, here in July, you know, not it's not gonna be hotter than hell, yeah, dude. No, it's gonna be hotter than hell. No, it's like, that's like our off season, you know. So yeah. maybe some people want to roll up. Pikes Peak area, like in in that, I mean, it, it's cool mornings, like mild nights, and like yeah, like you know, Col Colorado Springs, Colorado Springs. When I was there in August on my trip, uh, I had to wear long underwear. No, the temperature varies probably thirty degrees throughout the day, but it doesn't get yeah. super hot. That's like. Yeah. Perfect time. Anything under ninety is like relief from here in July. I my big debate. Yeah. My big debate is whether I should drive the RV out or ride a motorcycle. Drive the it, RV. Uh, I, drive I the either RV. way. Either way, you're gonna have a good time. You should bring a motorcycle regardless, though, because there's a lot of roads. And, and another another aspiration we have for this event is that there are outside activities like. Like, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon, there's going to be the excursions, yeah, the excursions, like go find, go, go drive these roads, go ride these roads, go do this off. You know, it'd be thing. really fun. A freaking grid life scavenger hunt would be awesome. <laughs> you like, you form your crew. We'll put Chris Miller in charge of it. He wants to do all the off-road stuff. The, uh, okay. Chris Miller from power stuff, <laughs> make, make him go hide a bunch of things out in the mountains. <laughs> Scavenge hunt a million things with all your buddies. Yep, that'd be awesome. There's so much opportunity out there, and it's like the most beautiful place in the world that time of year. So yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about it. I, I'm also nervous about it because it's a big unknown, but uh, I think it could be cool. It is gonna work out. It'd be good. That time, it, it's gonna be a busy year, and I'm not looking forward to the year, but I'm looking forward to all the individual events. So. In preparation for the year, I'm doing a project on the RV right now. What are you? Oh, uh, what are you doing? Uh, I, uh, I saw I, I saw a picture of a, a torque wrench that said yeah, 1,200 foot pounds. To, to, no, it was probably more than that. To take the, the I've never taken the passenger side front wheel off right uh, on the on the RV. I've taken the driver's side off and repacked the bearings, 
and redid the brakes, but I never took the passenger side off. And it took an eight-foot breaker bar to get the passenger side off. Holy crap. I've got a four-foot torque wrench, a three-quarter drive torque wrench, and I put a four-foot tube on the or a five-foot tube on the end of it. Slipped over about a foot. <laughs> Jesus! And it was like, uh, you know, the effort that you put into like torquing the lugs on your race car with your little two-foot torque wrench. It was uh, five times the amount of effort. So I would bet it was like a two-thousand-foot-pound like pull. To break. I think that's head, just dude. over torqued. I mean, like, what's what's spec on? That? No, they they probably hadn't came off in twelve years. They were 07. It's all rusty. Yeah, the front tires were 07s. Um, so it might not back, have been held on with that much force, but that's how much no, force it no. took to break it loose. Yeah, the back tires. Uh, the back tires had been replaced about three or four years ago. Uh, before I bought it, four probably five years ago now. So that's the only wheel that hasn't been off. Yeah, that's the only one that, that that's never came off before. Um, this torque spec on it is 450 foot pounds or 350 foot pounds. I forget, but like basically as tight as you can make it with the four foot impact. Um, did you use PB blaster and heat and stuff too? No, no? I just freaking wrenched on it. I, I did it during lunch today. I'm kind of surprised you didn't break one of the studs or something. No, the studs are like one inch in diameter. They're freaking huge. Um, but uh, it's a six bolt bud style wheel, which is like similar to the NPR, uh, Suzu's and stuff like that. But, um, so I took the tires into a local like semi truck place and, uh, they're getting me some new tires. Uh, but yeah, Oh seven tires. I, I didn't want to like, I'm going to be driving to Atlanta, Colorado, Florida, like mid Ohio. I'm not going to take a, a chance with these dry rotted tires anymore. Yeah. No, um, you definitely don't want to. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of, I'm, I'm going to repack that bearing also. Wait, because how I've wide got the are those fronts? But. Those are like two Oh five wide, right? <laughs> They're pretty narrow looking, but it's uh, the actual size is an 8R, 19 and a half, um, which is, it's a weird, like old school measurement, but it's equivalent to like a 225, but uh, not very wide. The, it does the look new ones really will be a little narrow. bit wider. Yeah, they're like five inch contact patch. It's really tiny. Um, but they're like a 4,000 pound load rating tire. It's a really heavy duty tire. But um, yeah, the new well, it's ones. Gotta are, be, it's got to be heavier than that. No, it's a it's like thirty eight hundred pound load rating. Really? Because that's like a like like a D or E load range for a light truck. It's a it's an, an F range, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess the RV is not as heavy as I thought. Because what's it's just a big it's a big box of air. Yeah, four thousand four thousand times six is basically like three thousand times six is basically what it weighs. So it probably weighs a little bit under under twenty thousand pounds. Um, but uh, and the tires don't even look like they're squatty or anything. It's not like they look overloaded. Anything left so, to, else to do on it, or just pack the bearings, put the new tires on? I'm, and I'm gonna do that, and then it's, I mean, it'll be ready to go to Mid Ohio. I'm gonna, mm. gonna check all the fluids and stuff, but I'm gonna do a, a roof seal, like which is kind of like a one night I'll wash the roof, and the, and the next night I'll just roll the coating on. Mm-hmm. Do just all the, oh, coating. you're doing one of the whole roll-ons. For yeah, the I'm whole gonna thing. do an, an elastomeric roof coating, which is a couple hundred bucks, and then. Uh, Eventually, this summer, I want to put a bunk above the driver's seat, the passenger seat in the front, and then I want Cone to redo. Bunk. Yeah, it, it it would be so useful just for throwing bags and stuff up in, you know, um, even if nobody sleeps up there. But uh, and then I want to redo the countertop in it. But uh, yeah, I've got I've got it indoors in my building right now, so it's kind of lived an easy winter, which is nice. But. So I sent this to Adam a couple of weeks ago, but did you guys watch the regular car reviews of the? 
uh, Turbo LS Swap Winnebago. No. It's pretty good. No. I didn't watch no, it. I saw it, but I didn't. I didn't watch it. So at the beginning of the video, the uh, the the RV basically does like a brake boost launch, and it takes off so fast that the rear end of the RV actually squats down. Yeah, it's pretty. Nice. It's pretty impressive. It's looking thing ever. I think those those things are based off like a glorified pickup chassis too. It looks really dramatic. Yeah, with like a four fifty four big block in it. Yeah, they they came yep. they came with either big Chevy or big uh, big Chrysler power plants, I believe. So Jessica's grandfather actually had one of those. So did mine. And My grandfather yeah. had one with a with a three eighteen in it. It was like a tiny okay. little motor. Yeah, those are cool. They're they're his was a Chieftain, which I think is the same as in that video. I have to. They're freaking cool, man. I love the front end of those. I have to finish my truck by this weekend because I have to bring my car to the shop Monday to get a clutch and a header. Yeah, you've got your thing fully apart too. You did. You're doing everything. Yeah. So I'm. I did two stages on the on the truck. I rebuilt the oil cooler. Uh, took the fuel bowl and high pressure oil pump out and redid all new sills and O rings and. Uh, new high pressure oil pump lines and to do that job you have to drain all eight gallons of coolant um, so many. and all the oil um so i did that job and didn't mess anything up and it started back up um good and then i i never asked you if it started because that's something that could make it not start yeah yeah i started and drove it that was all it was all good, good. um and uh and the, the you know what really kind of kick started that job was when it was cold outside it the oil cooler was starting to leak uh you know anything under 50 degrees and it would dump oil until it warmed up and i i did a cold start on it before i took it back apart uh and it started in like 40 degrees without being plugged into the block heater or anything so no nice. texas people are so silly <laughs> well, I mean, bef Man, I, before it was leaking oil in 50 degrees. So, um, but yeah, so when I, when I was up the, at Ice Battle, my Jeep, my Jeep wasn't plugged in, and it was minus 25 outside, and it started up. Well, I mean, for in. new trucks, that's no problem. Like the new Cummins and stuff, they have grid heaters, but on these old trucks, it's a, you know, it's not the same. Not I the remember, same I remember cold starting. Oh. I remember cold starting my 7.3 in Chicago in like sub-zero temperatures. It was not happy. It would start, no. but like yeah, it like did it. not run very good for the first like ten minutes. Yeah, if you got really good, uh, really good, I mean, that, really good uh, glow plugs and the controllers working and like everything is perfect, it'll do it. But they do not appreciate it. Yeah, no, and, and the, no. The I mean, you, you think so about the oil. Anyway. You just plug it in. You think about that oil too. It's like it's like turning the crank and pudding. Exactly. When it's yeah. zero degrees out. Sounds delicious. It's, not mm, it's like chocolate mousse. But that that step of the job is done, and then now um, I'm replacing the up pipe. So the pipes that go from the exhaust manifolds up to the bottom of the turbo, they come up on each side and then have like a little collector, then it goes into the turbo. Uh, replacing those, they're leaking, uh, re, uh, doing O-ring seals on the turbo, and deleting the exhaust back pressure valve on the turbo. Uh and I, when I was taking it apart, so right now I'm, I have everything off, like the turbo's about ready to come out. Like I'm about to undo the Marmon clamps and pull the turbo out. Um, that's what, actually what I'm going to go down and do after we get on with this podcast. But when I was taking the intake uh, boot off you know, for the air filter, it was it was cracked and falling apart. So um, 
Probably also not the Texas heat, man. Yeah, not great for for how good the truck was running. You know, it was that big giant crack in the air intake before the turbo. So I ordered a new one of those too. So another thing fixing. But anyway, the goal is to get all that back in by the end of the weekend, so I can bring my car in for the clutch Monday. Yeah. What What else are you getting done on that thing in the car? On the car, I'm bringing it to a shop in New Braunfels. It's about 45 minutes from here. And they'll do a clutch for uh, less money, you know, than I, you know, enough cheap enough that it's worth me not laying on my back, you know, under a car on jack stand. So uh, they're just going to do a clutch and flywheel and uh, and a header. Uh, you said that car's got a wide band in it, where it like kind of will self tune, or how does that work? Uh, no, it has it has a wide band from the factory, but the. This company that um, Dynotronics is where I'm bringing the car. Uh, they do like the mail order tune. So you buy the little EQ Tech logger. It's like the same thing as the 86s oh, yeah, have. Yeah. Um, like Austin probably knows about it. Yeah, but yeah, I had that on mine. You plug it into the um, computer and you plug it into the car on OBD2 port, and you go drive around. And they tell you the instructions, and then you send the log into the tuner, and then he'll adjust the file, send it back to you, and you'll do like that three or four times until it's perfect. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's all all e e tuning. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's so, so strange. Yeah. Since so, like on my aim dash, um, in the MXL two in the race car, you can set the um wideband to come up through the. Because my aim dash, it isn't even wired to any sensors right now. It's only wired into the CAN bus of the car. Just OBD2. Yeah, just OBD2. I need to add um, oil, pressure, and temp, um, but I haven't done that yet. Uh, but you can see, you know, it comes up as, what's the other way to read a wideband? It's not the 13 or 12 or whatever. Uh, lambda. 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 That's how it comes up on the on the aim dash. So... But uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to having a a dash that reads all that stuff. My my Haltech will feed the uh, the race pack that I'm putting in the car with uh, with CAN bus too. They're so nice. Yeah. Does it do the warnings? Uh, I can set it up however I want. Yeah, yeah, that's the, have, that's uh, the best thing because you don't have to worry about anything. Like you know, people have the dash the dashes in the or the gauges in the center stack of the dash. You know, and yep. you say you look at them, but it's not the same as it being right in front of your face. You know. In, in in my in my old CRX race car, I put like the most important ones. Um, basically, I, I put them where I would look at them in corners, um, like oil pressure. I put where I would look at it in left-handers or whatever, yeah, or whatever where, wherever it would get low, and then uh, air fuel ratio. I put where I would look in straightaways and in right-handers, uh, or vice versa, left and rights, but. Uh, yeah, it it was like I, I had to put them in my field of vision or else I wasn't going to look at them. And then yeah. I would come in after like a 25-minute race and be like, man, I never even looked at the gauges. <laughs> yeah, it's so much nicer. Like I have mine set yeah. up to where whenever I'm on my race page, because they're different pages, you know, so you can have like a page for your when you're warming up the car so you can see everything. Um, I have mine set up to where all I see is water temp and all the other stuff you don't see unless there's a problem. And then the dash will flash at you. You know, so, you know, you have nothing to break your concentration, but you know, if, you know, something gets low or high, the whole dash will like turn red and it'll, you know, say the warning of whatever you program it to say. Pretty neat. I'm I'm, I'm going to pay a smart dude some money to configure it how I want it. I don't know how any of it works. That's, that's I was, what I did. I, I bought it. I, I was just looking at the instructions at the beginning of the show here. I'm looking at them in the basement. <laughs> but, yeah, I bet they're confusing as that because you have to set up everything, confusing. all your sensors and everything. 
But luckily, I don't have to wire a lot of sensors. I basically just I have to I have to give power to it, and mm-hmm. then most of it should come through the like the wideband feeds the hall tech, and then everything else feeds the hall tech. But um, I don't know. I'm uh, uh, yeah. This still is some setting up. But the guy I bought from oh, yeah, my yeah. dash from uh, like Peter Krause, he's a race coach. Oh yeah, the guy from VIR. Oh, yeah. yeah, out of VIR. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought mine from him um, because you know he matched the pri- the good price that I got from someone else, and uh, he set it up for me. So like he took the aim dash oh, out, cool. out of the box in the plastic and plugged it into the computer and preloaded it with like my car's configuration and the tracks I was going to go to and everything like that. And so whenever I hooked cool. it up, it was uh, automatically all good. That's a pretty rad uh, place to buy it then. If it'll actually set it up for your car. Yeah. And he said he did said he does that with, you know, whatever you get from him, like the cameras or, you know, you get aim solo, he'll do the same thing, like whatever you get from Yep. Um, yeah, he seems like a cool dude. I met him one time at VR. I, I never met him. Um I just saw all over the the Porsche forums and uh I was like, Well, I don't know how to set this thing up, so if someone's gonna do it for me, you know we'll go that way. What he does, yeah. I'm 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 nervous about about the the next week will kind of be like the big turning point in my car. Like the last fab thing I have to do is finish the exhaust, and that's it's basically like half done. Um, and then I have to basically I have to add the wideband, and I'm waiting on the crank pulley. Um, and then it's almost time to start it. Like it's basically there. So the crank pulley is almost done. Uh, my buddy who's making the the custom hub for it sent me some pictures of it and then once that's on i got to build a mount for the trigger for that i got to do the cam trigger and the car is basically ready so i don't know uh, i don't know if i'll be able to get it done asap it kind of depends on on him and then uh, on tuning and then all the problems that i'll just shoot but yeah hopefully it's at mid ohio that's the only thing wiring up a car from scratch is like it's very intimidating but i've I've broken it down into like one night at a time. Like, mm-hmm. all right, just tackle tackle two sensors tonight. Tackle one sensor tonight. Like, figure out the mount for this thing tonight. You know, um, and I don't have a lot of free time. It, uh, it it's the only way to do it. If I just looked at the whole mess, I'd be like, I can't do this. But like, I can do one sensor at a time. It's yep. pretty. Easy. I, the, the, almost. I'm I'm really really impressed with the instructions uh, from Haltech and the tech support. Like, any question I have, they like answer within half an hour. Instructions are super laid out well. They tell you all the wire colors. The wires are labeled. Um, there's there's very little ambiguity. My my aim dash uh, dumb guy. My aim dash had two li- two wires mislabeled, and I'm not very good with electronics. But they had the um, like the can uh, and the K whatever the K plus is. They had them switched backwards, mislabeled. And that took me a long time to figure out because I'm not very good with wiring and electronics. I had to get on the phone with like AIM support in California to get that figured out. Now that'll send you down the wrong path for quite a while. Yeah, but those guys I'm, knew their I'm stuff. Hoping they, I'm they, hoping they didn't do that with my wiring harness because there's like 60 wires in my wiring ho- harness. Hopefully, no. I'm sure, sure yours will be fine. Uh, they, the, they all they all seem to match up with the... Uh, Haltech isn't made in, big in Italy like the AIM stuff, so... Well, they're made, they're made in Australia, so it's by a bunch of like uh, offspring of convicts. Yeah, it's okay. I have more trust in Hi, them guys. than the Italians. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna drop off here, guys. I just uh, got to Atlanta up by the Brave Stadium, and I really have to pee. I've had to go since before we started. All Sorry right. about the call. We're into this thing for like an hour twenty, so we can probably call it. Yeah, so. I'm gonna go work on the truck. All right. Yeah, let's uh, 
let everybody go back do their things and uh, rate and review us on iTunes and tell Abe how much the audio is awesome. Yes. It's better. It's not good. <laughs> All right, Austin. We'll you can turn you later, turn man. turn Richard into a liar now. Yeah. <laughs> Austin, go pee. We'll talk to you soon. All right, later, All right, guys. Bye. See you, buddy. Later. Everybody. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid like to say hello. Hello.